Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome into the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 1057 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, filling in. We'll hear from Steve Zaki in one second. Final inspection is brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Uh, you, yeah, Union Grove, Wisconsin. And uh, David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale. Or you can visit them online at davidhobbs.com. Now we welcome in on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, the man, Mr. Steve Zaki. Steve, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, the weather today is just fantastic. Also, I'm at the Milwaukee Mile for the 23rd annual uh, Miller's at Milwaukee Vintage uh, IndyCar event that, of course, celebrates the life of the uh, Harry Miller, and those who may not be aware, he's kind of the father of the Offenhauser engine and was a great uh, uh, builder of Indy cars in the, in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, and actually hailed from uh, Menominee, Wisconsin, a Wisconsin-born uh, fella who was in the many, many uh, auto racing hall of fames across the United States. And uh, this event was started by uh, uh, David Eline, that many uh, maybe remember in the Milwaukee area, and then also the uh, Chuck uh, Chuck uh, Davis and Bob Sutherland, and uh, it's just it's a neat event. It's open to uh, uh, it's open you know for indie cars, indie 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 car uh, uh, entries from 1965 and older. So it's a neat event and. It's a great way, you know, people are wondering, oh, what's going on at the Milwaukee Mile? It might not be an IndyCar race or something, but there's always something happening, you know, uh, on the track, whether it's driver schools or what. It's an opportunity for the public to come out and visit. Yeah, that's a, it's a fantastic event. Miller's at the Milwaukee Mile, the vintage IndyCar event. 
And, you know, just what a treat it is to actually see race cars on the track. Yeah, it certainly is. And it uh, certainly, we got about, about 45 cars here this weekend and all sorts of stuff, you know, dating. I think the oldest one we have is a, a car from uh, 1909 and then going all the way to the mid-60s. You know, the, the uh, uh, Roadsters, a lot of the fans may remember back in the day that are here driven, you know, guys by A.J. Foyt and Parnelli Jones and those fellas. Yeah, that's fantastic. If you guys follow the final inspection on Facebook, uh, just search TFI, the final inspection show. I'm sure you're going to post a ton of fantastic pictures on there, right, Steve? You bet. Yeah, we're starting to already. I, I posted some. Also, on the you know you can also follow that, and then also your Harry Miller Club too on Facebook. We got a I posted a bunch of photos, and I just posted a couple today on the TFI page. So yeah, make sure to check that out. A lot of neat stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, before we get into uh, this week uh, NASCAR running Kentucky, let's take a quick quick peek back. What was your take on uh, the uh, wreck fest at Daytona? with uh, your boy, Ricky Stenhouse, back in victory lane. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was incredible. I mean, I, you, you got to think nobody had that trifecta in, in Vegas. Ever, huh? I mean, you know, we, we had the thing with, uh, with the Formula One race, which was such an oddball podium, and then with, with the podium last week with, with, with Stenhouse and those guys, just, it was a wild, wild race, and uh, you know who who knows. You know, it, it, it's it's been a while since we've had one of those races, and uh, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that a restrictor plate race. Yeah, I know that. Uh, you know, it it was a heck of a race, and but yeah, the the top ten. You know, when you got Stenhouse, Menard, uh, McDowell, David Reagan, Brandon Gone, Almondinger snuck in there. Uh, Chris Busher, you know, that I, I'm not a huge fan of restrictor uh, plate racing, but I do love to see when you get such a, a, a just complete wild card top 10 like you had at Daytona last week. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the McDowell thing, the 95 team, they've been, if you've been kind of watching them, they've been making some strides and uh, slowly getting a little better. It seems like every race I mentioned this a few weeks ago about the 95 team and, and you know, they've McDonald's is, is, is a good driver. We just never really got a fair shake. You know, he get kind of, get kind of thrown in with the deep end with uh, Michael Walter Motorsports and that. And there's always seemed to be a little bit of turmoil with them back in the, you know, and it, so it, it, it's kind of good to see him, you know, developing as a driver, especially with the 95 team. Yeah, very well said. And like you, you know, I, he was, he was great all weekend long. He was top three fastest in final practice uh, leading up to the race. So, you know, while it's surprising to see him finish fourth, it probably shouldn't come as all that big of a surprise. No, it's not, not at all. Not at all. And it's, uh, you know, just, you know, they've, purposely been doing that with the team working as slowly adding people here and there and, and not trying to chew off more than can you know than, than they can chew at one time so yeah yeah it was great now uh some other news coming out of nascar was uh was matt kenseth and uh, uh, uh some talk about his future 
Let me play a little clip here from uh, the press conference uh, from Kentucky and hear what uh, Matt Kenseth had to say when he was asked about the question of where he will be racing next season. Uh, I'm not uh, really worried about it. Um, you know, as of today, I do not have a, a job for next year. So uh, I certainly hope to still be racing. I think I got some wins left in me and, and hopefully we can race for championships. But uh, right now my focus is on, you know, finishing up this year and, uh, you know, as we talked about, it's been kind of a slow start. It has not been a good year at all, not nearly up to my standards or my team standards. So, um, you know, really trying to get back to victory lane, hopefully get qualified for the playoffs here and, and have a shot at a championship is pretty much my focus at this point. Yeah, talking about still wants to focus on, on this season, but, uh, you know, the rumors is that he will not be back at, uh, at Gibbs next season. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the local boy? Well, it's not a surprise. It's especially with his age, you know. And it, it, you think, well, it's forty-five. It's become a young man's sport, and and it's it's the sponsors too that are really NASCAR at this point, you know. And I'm sure there's some there's some talk of of them wanting to get Eric Jones in that car, and who would want Eric Jones in that car? Well, it'd be the sponsors that are sponsoring him at this point. So, and I think that was the plan all along. Um, and it's a shame, but I think I think he's going to land on his feet. Uh, there's there's a few entries out there that he can land in, especially the 88 car is the one that's getting a lot of that a lot of people are thinking. Yeah, it makes kind of sense, you know, at least for a year or two. The Casey Keene is always a question mark in that five car. So, you know, there's a few places he could go, or he could even kind of stay in the circle a little bit and go with the 77 car where where Jones is at now. Now, if I throw out a wild card here of where he might land, give me your thoughts. What about the 10? You think Danica is going to uh, gonna be coming back to uh, Stuart Haas, and you think that uh, if she doesn't return, that that might be a landing spot for uh, Kenseth? That is very intriguing. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, you know, there's it makes it makes it makes as much sense as the other ones do at this point. Yeah, and there's been a there, there's been whispers in the garage area all year that this is her last year that she wants to settle down and start a family. Yeah, well, uh, she's got some money to spend now that uh, Stenhouse has two wins this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't think they're hurting either way, but uh, but no, yeah, that. Not. That just crossed my mind because obviously, you know, like you said, the the eighty eight, the five, the seventy seven are are all you know the the main choices. But uh, I just I was thinking about it earlier, and I just you know I I'm I would be surprised if Danica is back next season, especially back in the ten. So I you know knowing uh, Stuart Haas, you know you you got a lot of veterans. You got Harvick, you got Boyer, who's you know he's not. A super, you know, he hasn't been around for forever, but he's been around a long time. Kurt Busch, obviously, I think Kenseth might fit right in. Yeah, it, it does make sense. It really does, especially with that team. And you know, she's not going to go to a different team, a lesser team. You know, I mean, she's getting a lot of. I mean, it for for she's a talented driver. She's not in a great situation with. I mean, she's in a good situation to be where she's at with the 10 car and that, but 
I mean, she's had some unbelievable luck. Seems like every, every time she gets a good run, she's getting taken out in an accident. And, and you're going to have your detractors with her. And I, she is what she is. But um, those whispers were really strong in, in the in the spring. They kind of lighten up now. But well, we'll we'll see what happens. They'll start picking up now. This is the time of the season where it starts. You know, the old silly season starts. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you throw some, some names in there, you know, obviously with Dale retiring and Kenseth and, uh, you know, the shakeup possibly coming to, to Hendrick with Casey Kane, uh, Danica, you know, this, this might be a sillier season than usual, but we yeah, shall certainly. see. Yeah, we shall oh, yeah. see. So, all right, well, we're going to, uh, take a break here. Uh, you can stick around with us for another segment, right, Steve? You betcha. All right, fantastic. Now, when we come back, uh, Jeff Gluck wrote a fantastic article uh, on jeffgluck.com about merchandising in NASCAR, and we're going to get into that in the next segment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final Inspection brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. And also uh, by David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale, or visit them online at davidhobbshonda.com. Let's bring Steve Zaki back in on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Now, Steve, uh, and obviously everybody listening, check us out on Facebook. Uh, search TFI, the Final Inspection Motor Show. Uh, you posted that fantastic article by Jeff Gluck, and yes, it's a little long, but just breaks down the merchandising in NASCAR, where the money goes, uh, who gets it, how come drivers aren't doing the signing sessions like they used to uh, when you you know used to go down and everybody had their hauler out there and there'd be 10, 15, you know, 25 drivers all out there signing stuff. How come that is uh, becoming more and more rare? You know, it all started when uh, when Kyle Larson, uh, t- they, they said that he sold $13,000 worth of merchandise during an appearance at a dirt track. And Larson tweeted out, and, you know, keep in mind, Larson is leading the NASCAR points uh, this season, tweeted out, that's more than I've made all year in NASCAR sales which is what prompted Jeff Gluck to, to write this fantastic article. What what was your takeaway from this, Steve? Well, I think we were all kind of surprised because, you know, we, we know NASCAR sales are not, you know, where they used to be. Uh, I have some friends that, that do a lot with merchandising and whatnot, and, and, uh, and my wife does a lot some stuff on the side for selling collections and whatnot and and the market has been down and it's been down for a while i mean there was a time in in the in the mid 1990s was probably the heyday of it and, and guys were 
it was pretty much almost 50-50 with some drivers, especially if you were like a Dale Earnhardt. But, I mean, even if you were like a top 10 driver, just, just to pick a name, I don't know this for fact, but someone like, let's say, Ernie Irvin or Dale Jarrett or one of those guys who had a decent fan base, I mean, they were making a lot of money back in the day. And part of it was, some of it was misguided uh, analysis by some businesses thinking that this this thing's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, which ended up bankrupting them, which Gluck, Gluck deals with a bit in that article. So, but, I mean, the bubble did burst, but I, I, I don't think anybody realized how much or, or where, where the NASCAR merchandising is for a driver or what he's putting in his pocket. I was shocked. You know, with 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 the percentages and all the breakdown and everything, and they they basically said, for a driver to do a signing, let's say you know he's, let's say Kentucky this weekend, and Kyle Larson would go out to you know do a, a signing somewhere at a merchandise trailer. He jumps on his little scooter, scoots up there for an hour, hour and a half. His take home might only be you know what he what he eventually put would put in his pocket. It'd probably be a hundred bucks and. I, I was just shocked by that, you know. I, I mean, it, it's just I, I don't. I wouldn't go to a do a merchandise, you know, memorabilia show for a hundred if I knew I was going to make about a hundred bucks in, in in an hour or so. It's it's not worth it. I mean, at least with you're on a scooter, you're right there. But I mean, for for somebody, especially like Kyle Larson, has such a huge fan base at this point. It was quite shocking. I think it took a lot of people kind of like, wow, that's where they're at right now. Yeah, I know. It definitely took me by surprise. You know, you you, you hear all about all the money that these drivers make, and most of them have their private planes so they can sit there and fly to the track and to all their different sponsor commitments and everything like that during the week. And then as this article points out, they usually get between one and and 3% of their merchandise sales. Uh, and he goes on to mention a, a driver that didn't want to be named, but that he, uh, the driver sold $2 million of merchandise in a season and received $20,000 out of yeah. the $2 million pie. This is, you know, this is something where, you would you would hear like a child star, you know, like you know Jeff, you know Jeffy Jeffy Orlowski, who starred in the you know the Brady Bunch two movie, and he, he's suing his parents because he only got you know twenty thousand dollars out of a two million dollar sale. I mean that's the kind of stuff you would hear, right? You know, parents are taking advantage of me. This is all I ended up with, and that's what it sounds like. If you're a NASCAR driver, you know, they talk about fanatics, this team that does the marketing and that, but I mean, it's still, well, we're taking on a big risk in that. I, we understand that, but I mean, I just don't tell me that somebody there's, there's, I, we know there's somebody out there that could take a look at this uh, and, and go, no, we can streamline this thing. You know, it, it, it seems the model, the model seems to be it's protecting one person, and that's Fanatics at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And Fanatics has, you know, the the rights for for NASCAR merchandise, and they get seventy five percent 
of the sales straight off the top, 75% of everything. And uh, and then the track, they take 15%. So between the uh, Fanatics and the track, there's only 10% left of the pie and yeah. and usually nine percent goes to you know to the team. It's 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 crazy. And there's a lot of different ways uh, beyond merchandise. I was kind of shocked um, when I first found out that the end of the season, when they have the awards banquet and say you win the championship or you come in third or you know you get that huge check, that the team takes a very large portion of that as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways these guys are getting nickeled and dimed. Yeah. I mean, it's not what it was. I mean, and then, I mean, don't, don't feel sorry for, for any of these drivers that are running full time. You know I mean? These guys are, are still doing quite well, but it's not like what it was 10, 15 years ago. And I think that's why you have some people, that are looking at the NASCAR model at this point and see, and, and they have a, they have some concern when the fan base, because I think we, we saw another, uh, another racing organization that was kind of in the same pickle where the, the merchandise was upside down and, but the sponsorship was there and then the sponsorship started to walk away. And, and you wonder there's a lot of nervous people, I think, in NASCAR, and and there's, I mean, there's so many layers of this thing where you're kind of looking at it like, mm. especially and 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 across the board, whether it's IndyCar, even Formula One, and or uh, NASCAR, is the age of the car owners. Yeah, I mean, Rodney just turned eighty. Richard Childress, I think, in his in his early seventies, and Joe Gibbs is up there, and. and you know, Rick Hendrick is, is in his 70s, and you're thinking, you know, these guys are going to ride this thing, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know. And, and tell me, I know they got NASCAR put that program together, this and that, but these guys are smart. And if, 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 they, if they see they're not going to put themselves uh, in, at an at a economic vulnerable position. Yeah, I agree with you. The you know, in the article, he talks about ways that you can get around that if you want to better financially support your favorite driver. And he talks about guys like uh, Joey Logano, and there's a, there's a ton of other ones that have, you can buy shirts basically directly from them. They get a bigger right. chunk of the pie. Now, it's not going to have the NASCAR logo. Chances are it's not going to have any of the sponsors' logos on it. But if you want a shirt that says, you know, I'm a Logano guy or, you know. Why you would want it, I don't know. Well, I agree 10,000%. I I think you and I both agree, though, if you want to support someone is get you out to a short track and buy a short track T-shirt. Absolutely. Or or buy your, you know, Kyle Larson T-shirt when he's running at a short track. Yeah, I agree. The only problem I see is that if you start having these drivers start hawking their own merchandise online eventually is a, that's going to it's going to tick off the sponsors and when when you're in a sponsor driven sport that might make for a few uh, rough conversations to be had down the line 
Yeah, yeah, you know, this is a real, I mean, this is, this is interesting how this kind of bubbled up to the surface, but this, this could be when we look back five years from now, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if we're having a conversation and we're like, yeah, remember when Kyle Larson put that tweet out and that's when this first started, people started to take notice on the merchandise thing and, and how upside down that is. Yeah, you know, because you, you look at what's happening in the NBA. You know, all the all, everybody, everybody's comparing each other to other sports and whatnot, and everybody's looking at the NBA, going, "Okay, what are they doing that we're not doing?" And you know, there's a lot of people at the NFLPA, the Players Association, that's going, "Hey, hey, look at these guys in New York. What look look at these contracts or look at this TV contract they got." You know, and there's a lot of a lot of people going. You know, why 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 aren't we getting twenty percent raises and contracts like like some of these guys are? You know, I mean, you look at what JJ Reddick signed for. Oh, I know, ridiculous. You know, yeah. Oh, I agree with you. Well, uh, to find that article, you can either go to jeffgluck.com, or the easier way to do it is go to facebook.com. And like the final inspection show page, and you can find no. it right on there. Uh, so, Steve, before I, I let you go, uh, the Brewers are are up three to nothing right now already on the Yankees. That's incredible. I mean, this is a train. I mean, I was listening to uh, to the post game show last night with Tim Allen. It was it's interesting because he was playing uh, what's his name uh, Farrell on uh, CBS and. Mm-hmm. The, the national media is starting to uh, take notice now. Because it, it was interesting. As a Brewer fan, you were like, well, if they're in first place on May 1st, that's kind of that's kind of cool. And then they were like, okay, if they're in first place by Memorial Day, okay, let's see what happens. Okay. So now a lot of people are saying, okay, if they're in first place by, you know, July 4th or the All-Star break, and not only are they still in first place, but they actually – we're able to put a game or two between them and the Cubs. So I think the excitement is starting to build now. But here's the big the big problem, and I'm sure Tim Allen will and, and those guys will, will will talk about this, is is when a team is hot, you don't want to go on that break. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, they're catching the all-star break at the wrong time here. Exactly. And they're like, oh, they want them, you want them to just keep playing at this point. But So it'll be interesting to see. I think this is fantastic. If they sweep the Yankees, fine, or they go two and one, that's fine. But the big question I want to see is those those first two series after the All Star break. Can they maintain this pace? Yeah, yeah, great point, great point. Well, Mister Zaki, thank you for for joining uh, me on your own show here. I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate that. Yeah, but I thought we wanted to, uh, and I want to let the fans know that. Uh, the, the Harry Miller meet will be here next year. Uh, and, and so the, the track is not going away. And we always joke the, you know, joke that they, it, it can't go away anyways, because they owe too much money on the grandstands yet. But next <laughs> year, the Harry Miller meet will be on July 13th and 14th. That's a Friday and Saturday. So don't, don't worry about the Milwaukee mile being, you know, you're going to wake up one day and, and it's going to be totally empty. And there's going to be uh you know, uh, just a gravel field here. It's not going away. 
we're signed up for next year to have another vintage event. There's still race. The SCCA does open. You, you know, you can bring what kind of car you drive? You drive a Sentra? I have a, a Lexus. Oh, that's even better. You can bring your Lexus down to the Milwaukee Mile on certain days. The SEC has track days, and you can run your car on the road course here at the Milwaukee Mile and see what you can do. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. 75 bucks or 100 bucks, whatever it is, and uh, you can take it out here and, and, and see what you got. So, um, I, you know, it. it I, I drove around yesterday. I was checking out the things. The road course is in great shape. The the track is still very, very smooth. There's no cracks on it. But the, the biggest thing, and we were talking about this last night, is is where this track is going to be. If they don't get a national event here, or is, you know, it, it's in good shape now, but are, will the state be able to maintain it? And then that's the big question mark. So we'll see what happens. I, like I said, if they can, if they can bring a gateway down in St. Louis to one mile over there, back from the dead, you know, they, they should be able to do something here. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to keep you from your uh, scores of uh, of fans out there. So, have <laughs> Diane a... Hendrick, save the <laughs> Milwaukee Mile, please. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, Steve. Have a great time out there. And everybody look look for pictures and, and everything on, on the Facebook page, uh, the Final Inspection Show and, Facebook page. And we'll be on the road at State Fair Park uh, next month. Looking forward to that. So if you want to see the Final Inspection out on the road, we'll be out at the at Fair Park in the new uh, studios that uh, we're going to have out there next to the Budweiser Pavilion. So come on out. should be a good time. Fantastic. A show for the people. So, Unfortunately, you'll be you'll be locked up away in your closet though at the station though. That's fine. It's air conditioned in here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Steve. Have a great one and uh, enjoy uh, the vintage Indy cars at the Milwaukee Mile. Thank you for covering. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from Dennis and Larry coming up next. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, Steve. And just like Mister Zaki said, when we come back from this short break. Dennis Michelson, Lori Monroe, we'll give you all the latest in NASCAR. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. I got to tell you, folks, it's time for Lori Monroe and Dennis Michelson to talk a little NASCAR and Lori Monroe. Yes. I am not sure what we just witnessed at Daytona last week, but it sure was fascinating. Fascinating. It was fascinating, and it was certainly uh, high drama, high carnage. It was It was interesting. Yeah. It was one of those things, too. It's like, okay, how long can I stay awake? But well, there was stuff going on that certainly kept me awake. Like a train wreck, you just had to gawk wow. at the big accident. You know, it just very strange, but it, it wasn't boring. No, it wasn't boring. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I don't know. All of a sudden, he's he's the it guy. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was almost 
sort of laughed at because, you know, he's Danica Patrick's little boyfriend and all that stuff. Now the guy's winning races, and I think people are looking at him a little bit differently. And I love the way he embraces the old school stuff. He He's calling it the Firecracker 400. Yes. Did you see the message he put on that bomb for ISIS? No, I missed that. Oh, my God. It was awesome. He posted it on Instagram, and it says ISIS. Something about, I just won the Firecracker 400, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Oh, that's and, hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's, sort of, it's written on chalk. It was awesome. You know, this, this, this guy's doing stuff that I think is going to make a lot of the older fans really, really happy. Just the way he, you know, the guy's been around a while. He's, he's put a lot of laps on a lot of different cars. And now he's winning. And I just think it's, it's so cool that he is. He's the new king of the restrictor plates. Like, Obviously. Yeah. 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 I mean, even the race that he didn't win earlier this year at Daytona, he ran well in yeah. the, the first race of the season, the Daytona 500. Then comes out in Talladega and in here in Daytona. He was impressive. This wasn't one of these deals where he lucked into a victory. Or, oh, he drove or his butt like off. He really did. And good for Stenhouse, good for Roush, good for Ford. Ford's certainly been doing well, but it's so great to see Roush coming back the way that they are. I, th- I think downsizing is the new thing as well. Yeah, it is so funny how a team that was struggling with four full-time teams is now all of a sudden able to put all of their resources into these teams that they have. Well, you know why? It's fabulous. You know why? Why? Because all the top secrets were being stolen by Biffle with all the little cameras he had planted all around Roche Fenway. Come on, now that he's not there. <laughs> Is, was that the most bizarre story? I'm that you've still seen? struggling with it. I'm not buying it. I think it's just, it's off the wall. I didn't even know that, that he and Nicole had even separated or divorced a couple of years ago because no. when Biffle left racing he just sort of fell off the fell off the map as far as i'm concerned but now all these personal problems and oh my god there's lawsuits i I just can't take this what we learned a while back from other driver divorces and (laughs) and other you know owner divorces and whatnot the laws in the state of north carolina when it comes to filing papers on divorces yeah. It's rather bizarre because you can basically allege that your spouse does just about anything. Like in the yeah. initial filing, you can basically claim that they that you looked up on Ancestry.com and that they literally are the son of Satan. <laughs> While wearing a clown suit in the dark. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> While juggling, you know... Juggling chainsaws. Yeah, who knows? But you can literally (gasps) say anything you want to say in the initial filing. (laughs) And then when it comes time to presenting evidence, we see these claims all going away. This is how the whole Kurt Busch, you know, she's an assassin, you know, stuff started. I mean, it's, it's the most bizarre stuff. And what I saw a lot of people posting on social media about this story is they said, you know, we've got security cameras all over our house, too. So what? 
You know what, though? I, you mentioned social media, and you look back at the Kurt Busch deal and now this deal with, uh, with Greg Biffle. You almost think the fact that social media exists for one reason, and that's to allow the upset party in a separation to be able to start spreading stuff out there. You know, whether it's true or not, you want to get the public all freaked out over a certain person, try and ruin their career, do all kinds of stuff, or just defame them somehow. And social media is such a great way to do it. And then in the court of law, when everything, when push comes to shove, it's, well, you know, we really didn't mean it. You know, it just, it's just sort of a sidebar at that point. But it gets the it gets the job done. It gets a bunch of people all whipped up into a frenzy, like I am foaming at the mouth right now, trying to make somebody look bad. And that's that's craziness. Keep it yeah. keep it private. Like we don't need to know this stuff. I don't need to know this stuff. No, it was way too much information. Yeah. And you know, like again, does Big Biffle really want to see his mother in law naked? I don't think so. God, I hope not. Like honestly, does that make any sense to you? No, it's very, very what does strange make sense stuff. Is like everybody else, like you mentioned, everybody's got cameras. Every there's cameras everywhere, and apparently there was an issue with a um, with housekeeping or something. So they thought they were stealing stuff. That sounds logical to me. Why you'd have cameras? Yeah, there are so many people with security cameras everywhere nowadays. Yes, it's it's not unusual. The the only thing that'll be unusual is if all of a sudden information about tapes on his computer, you know, of, of people in private settings, if that shows up, then I'll believe that he was up to no good. But until I see more evidence on this, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because we've seen how bizarre some of this stuff has been when it comes to especially the state of North Carolina. And NASCAR. <laughs> and NASCAR. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty bizarre indeed, but but maybe that's the difference. Maybe Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was being spied on and he knew it and that that was ruining his mojo. Who and knows? now now his possible. Now his mojo is back and he's doing well. I have no idea, but I am also thrilled to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning races. Yeah, it's a good thing to see, come on. Very good. Well, Kentucky Speedway coming up this week. And, of course, they did the repave late last year to try to smooth this place out. They've used the famous tire dragon again. And the drivers are up in arms because they want them to use the tire dragon on the upper groove where they used to love to race here. And the track is only dragging the lower groove, saying that on the newly repaved track, that that's going to be the only groove on the track. Are we going to see another boring mile and a half race this week? Well, if that's the case, that could very well be. Like, why Why aren't they dragging everything? Yeah, I just don't understand why they're not trying to widen the groove and, and leaving the bottom alone because during practice and qualifying, guys are going to rubber up the bottom. Why not rubber up the top in the middle? I just, I, I know very little about racetracks. I know ac- absolutely nothing, which is very little. But even I know that common sense says you drag the track where they ain't going to run. It's no different than at a short track. They'll often, early in the weekend, they'll set up cones and make the guys practice higher than the cones to try to rubber up the track 
So there's better racing up in the upper groove. And this is no different. I don't understand why they're being belligerent and not just doing what the drivers want them to do. At least then, there'd be one less complaint that anybody could have at the end of the week. Yeah, it would make for better racing. Like, get the tire dragon, get the fire-breathing dragon, get all the dragons in a row, and just drag the place. Maybe they can just get Robosaurus out of retirement. and, and oh, have my hero. Have Robosaurus walking down the middle of the track during the race and and trying to gobble up the cars it would add excitement you got to watch the jay leno show the the car show that he has every week they they're going to have robosaurus on it i'm not sure if it was uh this coming episode or what but there's a preview of uh he's visiting robosaurus that's a really good show jay leno's show i wonder if uh greg biffle has any uh any tapes of in secret cameras hidden at Leno's place as well. Oh my god. That would be good. Well, it is time for us to step out, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be blowing stuff up. You're listening to the NASCAR segment on the Final Inspection 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's the final inspection radio show. It's your NASCAR segment. That means Dennis and Lori from Race Talk Radio. And it means... It's time for some great music. Because it doesn't get any better. When the dog is singing. What a... What other radio station in Milwaukee gives you a talking, singing dog? That's what I'd like to know, yeah. I don't I don't think there's any other. But Laurie Monroe, it is time for our weekly Still Blowing. And I'm still reverberating from the champagne in the boot uh, Still oh, Blowing from I last know. week. I'm not sure we're ever going to top that again, but do you, can you tell folks how the old still blowing works, please? Yeah, if something has got you riled up as I was with everybody drinking champagne out of, out of driving shoes, then head over to racetalkradio.com, fill out the form, let us know what you're upset at, and we will possibly select you to include in our blowing up of a still the following week. And this is brought to you by the 2020 campaign to elect Snot Willard president this week. Oh, awesome. That's fabulous. So Very like good. Patrick did, he sent us another message. He sent us his still blowing, what he is upset about. The fans on Facebook, Twitter, all social media that go on saying that the sport stinks and they stop following it because their favorite drivers are retired or they've died or something. And they just continue to bash the sport and they say they don't follow it. And they're ruining it for those who still follow or those who are getting into the sport. So the bashers and the negativity he's all against. My still blowing this week. You know how NASCAR has always said that, you know, the drivers need NASCAR more than NASCAR needs them. Oh, yeah. I think we need to diffuse or or light a bomb underneath that whole mindset because, I don't know, I think the drivers are much more the star now. You've got guys like uh, Carl Edwards leaving, the fans are all upset. You've got Kyle Larson, who's now basically challenging NASCAR regarding uh, souvenir sales, saying that he has earned $13,000 just last week alone at an event, a, a dirt track event. Tony Stewart is going to be racing this 
week, I guess it is, at uh, Wisconsin in, at the with the uh, IRA 410 Outlaws. He is also going to be at Knoxville driving a 360 in their 360 series there. And the fans are so excited that Tony Stewart is going to be driving somewhere. They're basically, it's like a herd of cattle, a stampede of people trying to get tickets to these events. Wow. So you tell me that NASCAR is bigger than the drivers and that the drivers need them more than they need the drivers. I I really want to blow that up because we've seen the tide turn in the sport. Well, the drivers are the stars. Yeah. You know, they're the ones, you know, I never hear a single advertisement, whether it's NASCAR or any other sport, where you hear them mention the crew chiefs or the mm-hmm. TV announcers or even the track. It's always, you know, see Dale Jr. in his last appearance at Kentucky yeah. Speedway or, Absolutely. you know, whatever. Creator racing because yeah. he still has that big a following. Yeah, and he's very loyal to the IRA Outlaw Sprints. The uh, That is a great series that runs in Wisconsin and Illinois, and it's actually owned and run by a guy that I graduated uh, high school with. Really That's cool, cool incredible. deal. Yeah, his dad used to build um, sprint car engines when I was a little kid, and it was the cool. coolest thing to see in the garage, and he grew up to own the series. So uh, he, and he does a wonderful job. Uh Mr. Sinclair, you're doing an awesome job with the IRA Outlaw Sprints. And Tony has known him forever and comes to at least one or two events every year to try to help him boost uh, his his fan base because it does work. The fans the fans will come out to watch Tony Stewart anytime That's he races. Simple. And the, the crowds for Kyle Larson at the dirt oh. tracks have been magnificent. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you, Lori. That's a great one. My still blowing is nowhere near as good, but I'm sick of competition cautions in NASCAR races that do not mandate a four-tire change. If the whole idea of stopping the race is to make sure that the tire wear is not excessive, shouldn't you, for safety's sake, require these guys to actually change all four tires so you can see if you're getting too much tire wear otherwise let them race so those are our three still blowings this week and uh, i think they're all three good ones yeah i think they're all three good ones too why don't we just blow them all up we're gonna blow them all up this week there is there's no consensus winner so general mattis fuse yeah, we'll group them all together to make them easy targets. Bombs away! Oh, the sweet sound Yay! of mayhem. Don't you just love an explosion in the afternoon? It's wonderful. It's wonderful wonderful to have one of these in the afternoon. Yeah, if we could get the North Koreans to be accurate with their missiles, we'd let them test on our still blowings as well. But Well, good know. luck on that. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. All righty, folks, it is time to check your NASCAR news. When the contrail looks like it came off an Etch-A-Sketch, you know you're in trouble. (laughs) Absolutely. Our NASCAR news silly season is heating up, and Mr. Eric Jones' future is up in the air. Will it be the 77 team for another uh, year? Will it be the 20 car replacing uh, Matt Kenseth? I think it'll be a Toyota, Laurie Monroe, but I'm not sure where the kid's going to be. But I think he's guaranteed himself a full-time job and a top ride next year. 
Yeah, there's too many dominoes in place here. There's too much of a domino effect, and we need somebody to have the first falling of their domino. Over the last couple of days, I've pretty much convinced myself that Brad Keselowski is going to be driving the 88 car as well. So you just don't know. You just do not know. Yeah, it's going to be that 88 car and the 20 car that then determine where everybody else lines up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you've got Ryan Blaney being rumored to go to the two car. So where is Keselowski going to go? How about the 88? I don't know. There's just too many There's too many variables here, too many dominoes to fall. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch for sure. Also, in oh, the yeah. silly season news, there's television silly season news going on because the big battle, who's going to get Dale Jr.? I hope it's Fox, if that's the case, because I think he would really fit that group. But it would be fun to see him working with Steve Letarte as well, oh, so boy. with NBC. So I don't know. Why doesn't he float around like Larry Mack was? Like, you know, just work with everybody. Just be everybody's friend. I think that would be a great idea, but I think yeah. he's going to be in very, very high demand indeed. Well, also in the news, and it's a little bit of Dale in this news story as well, because Austin Dillon and Ryan Newman, their Darlington throwback schemes, yeah. will both honor Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, I did. You see the video I did? It was kind of fun seeing them reveal it. I I had to watch watch it pretty closely when it first started because I thought, oh, these guys are a little bit too full of themselves. But it was all done tongue in cheek, so it was fun to watch. And those cars are going to look good. Going to be very fun indeed. Also in the news, Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson have something in common. They both beards. No, they've both been nominated for the ESPY Award by ESPN for the Best Driver of the Year. Wow. What, you know, a thrill for for Johnson, of course, as always, but what a thrill for Martin Truex Jr. to be nominated. That's awesome. I was so happy to see that because that's a throwback to the old school NASCAR when you'd see the champion And then you'd see another guy often named driver of the year who had the most wins but didn't have the most points because in many cases, like David Pearson for many years, he didn't compete in all the races. So he couldn't win the championship. But I love this throwback style of nominating two guys for best driver from NASCAR, one that won a lot of races and one that won the championship. I think that's good old school racing. Mm -hmm. From RESPN Boys. All right, Lori, Kentucky Speedway. Who is your pick to win the big race on Saturday night? Well, speaking of uh, Martin Truex Jr., I think I'm just going to stay with him. And I'm going to take Kyle Busch this week. Good luck. He's due. He's overdue. And then some. Thanks for tuning in to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Milwaukee, start your engines.
It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio, 105.7 FM, the fan, Jeff Orlowski. In for Steve Zaki. Zaki, he's out at Miller's at Milwaukee, the vintage IndyCar event going on now at the Milwaukee Mile. It is a beautiful day. Get out there. Say hi to Steve. So, filling in, and we're going to welcome in here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, from RacingNation.com, Eddie Lapine. Eddie, how the heck are you today? Oh man, I'm I'm missing the Miller meet, uh, Jeff. I wish I was there. I I was there last year and got to drive at the Mil- Milwaukee Mile, and uh, you know that's an event I really uh, wish I was at. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it it is one hell of an event. Steve said that they're already locked in for next year as well. So they'll be back um, next year, too. So, yeah, a fantastic event and uh, lots to see. You know, he said there was the oldest car, I think, out there is from, like, 1908, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it's quite quite an event. Uh, You know, it's nice to see the Milwaukee Mile still hanging in there, per se. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to see cars actually on the track. It... uh, It'd be nice if they were uh, running in anger, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, let's hope, like Steve said, uh, you know, someone steps up to the plate and keeps a tradition and, and gets a race there. That would be great. Yeah. But uh, as for a, a weekend filled with racing everywhere, um, all over the world this weekend, the F1 is at the Austrian ring. Uh, the Red Bull Austrian ring, I should say. And uh, Valerie Botas got the pole, and Sebastian Vettel second. And Lewis Hamilton qualified third, which it was shortened because of a red flag. So it should be a pretty exciting uh, race tomorrow. I think Sebastian and Lewis, uh, after uh, the last race, I don't think we can get any more exciting than that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It uh, I was I was surprised this morning because uh, Hamilton, he was just basically dominating the speed charts early on, and then uh, and then Botas comes on late and lays down just one heck of a lap. Yeah, that and he was fast yesterday, Botas. He he, it was his it's his weekend, and uh, and I think you know when they get towards the end there when they want to lay that one flyer lap down with a minute left in qualifying and something like this happens, uh, you know, it, it, it shakes up the field and it makes it exciting. Um, and with the last race, with all the Rutkiss with between Hamilton and Vettel, uh, they basically uh, put their indifferences and have moved forward from that. And, I was kind of surprised that Vettel wasn't given more of an extreme penalty than than what 
he got for running into Hamilton under the safety car. But, you know, I mean, that's the way it is. And uh, I, I think there'll still be a little tension there as, as the season progresses and, you know, with, with the world championship on the line. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought it was kind of a uh, a weak penalty as well. But I, I'll tell you, I am glad to see the uh, the rivalry between those two, especially being teammates and all. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it heats up even farther. I, you know, I kind of hope that they run into each other again this week. Yeah, <laughs> it gives us something to talk about next week, right? Well, of course it does. And, you know, and okay, granted, you know, I'll, I'll lay my cards out. I'm not a huge fan of, of F1. I, I don't think it's, you know, for me, it's not must-see TV. Did I watch it this morning? Absolutely. Did I watch the race last week? Absolutely. If I'm around and it's on, I will watch it, but it's not something I completely seek out. And the reason is, is because between Vettel and Hamilton, you know, you know, for the most part, who's going to win every race, and it's not its not that exciting. So I think that yeah. this, this rivalry, and if these guys keep smashing into each other, will bring, you know, and obviously it's the most, you know, popular racing in the world, just not in America. But maybe if these guys start going at it week after week and you start seeing some tempers fly, then maybe it'll start gaining some momentum here. Well, I mean, I think you're totally right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's like with NASCAR or any type of racing, you know, if there's something, a bad crash or uh, an incident where there's a confrontation after the race between drivers, that's on the main street media and social media picks up on it. Um, they have it on their Facebook and everybody's talking about it. And, you know, that is, that's the positive side of social media. You get to see all of that instantaneously when it happens. And that's what draws people to watching this. And that's why it's so popular. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that will continue. I mean, that's what you want is a rivalry. I mean, just like with Tony Stewart when, you know, he had his incidents and you'd see that on, on Monday morning and it would be all over USA today and everybody would be talking about it. Now yeah. you're just talking about who's going to get replaced in a car <laughs> for next year. I know. That's why I love the partnership with NASCAR and the MMA. And, you know, when they had that, that long rain delay and they were holding, uh, you know, mixed martial arts fights in the infield, my dream would be, you know, like a Logano, Kyle Bush, or you know, uh, Vettel, and uh, and you know, and Hamilton to sit there, and as soon as they hop out of the cars, they jump in the ring and go at it toe to toe. I would love that. Well, that might be coming down the road in the future for ratings. It definitely could be something that they might look at. <laughs> they're definitely struggling with that. Yeah, I I think that would be uh I think that would be some quality entertainment and I definitely wouldn't turn away. So, uh we got to take a quick break. Eddie, can you stick around and join us in the next segment? Sure. All right, sure. fantastic. We'll get more from Eddie Lapine from racingnation.com when we return after this short break, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We are brought to you by the great, uh, the world-famous Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Great racing going on all weekend long out at Great Lakes Dragway. Go check that out for sure. We're also uh, here in the David Hobbs Honda Studios. David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale, or visit them online at davidhobbs.com. Let's get Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com back in with us. Now, Eddie, we we touched a little bit on uh, on the racing that's happening worldwide. What a what a weekend! Uh, would be remiss if we fail to talk about the sports car. They're running out in Canada at Ron Fellows track, and the Taylor boys are back on the track. What's the latest uh, with the sports car racing? Uh, Ricky Taylor uh, got the pole. It just finished up a little while ago at Mosport, and that's Ron Fellows, um, you know, the driver that drove for Dale Jr., I guess, at Road America for many years, a Corvette driver. He owns that track, and after being at the sports car race last weekend in Watkins Glen, they're now moved up to Mosport, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Sorry about the uh, got a little storm rolling in today. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you okay no, back there? I don't know if you had I'm chili for lunch. Studio. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it just kind of blew in. Uh, <laughs> next week I'll be back in New York for. Formula E will be in the streets of Brooklyn. So it's been kind of busy a few weeks now with being in Road America a couple weeks ago and lots of racing going on. This is a busy time for the Midwest. Absolutely. It's a fantastic time of year. Um, Now, I don't know if you were listening earlier. We touched a little bit on Matt Kenseth, who uh, basically said that, uh, you know, he doesn't expect to be back at Joe Gibbs Racing next season. And uh, he doesn't have a a ride lined up yet. Now, the obvious choices are the 88 with Dale retiring, uh, the 5, depending on what happens with Casey Kane, uh, the 77. And I kind of threw out there the 10 because I'm not sure that Danica is going to be back with Stuart Haas or back in NASCAR at all next season. Where do you think a good landing spot for Matt Kenseth would be? Well, I mean, I think there's many options there. Uh, I know that the sponsors want somebody younger in the car over at Joe Gibbs. And, you know, it's just, it's what we've been talking about all year. And, and for the, for the last year, I mean, a lot of these guys, Jeff Gordon, you know, Dale Jr., Carl Edwards, I mean, there's a changing of the guards and there's a lot of new, fresh, young drivers out there. And that's what these sponsors want in the cars right now. They want a young, they want the youth because they have to bring the youth in. And, you know, Matt's 45, I think, years old. And, you know, I mean, he could, he could go over to uh, Hendricks. I mean, there, there's probably going to be two, op- I mean, there's openings in the 88 and the five for next year. I think those would be any good choices. I think he can still win races. I don't think he's ready to retire, and I think we'll just have to see how it unfolds. As for Danica, 
it, it's so hard to say. I mean, you know, all it takes is a phone call and a sponsor wanting her in, in a car that will change that uh, mood, I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that surprises me is that, you know, when I'm sitting down and watching uh, either the truck series or the Xfinity series and you get the post-race interviews and a lot of these guys are just so young and they need so much seasoning for them to be able to even, you know, even accurately try to sell anything that the sponsor, you know, is trying to, to, to get out there. I just, I don't see why. And yes, I understand you want to get the younger guys in and you want to, you know, attract more of the 25 year old fans or, or whatever. But when you have a seasoned veteran like Matt Kenseth, who's been, you know, slinging everything from DeWalt tools and, you know, uh, he's had a, a bunch of different sponsors. I just I, I don't understand how you let a, a guy who won a championship in NASCAR just fly, you know, just just go away like that. Well, too, I think, you know, and I've seen it in sports car world and in a lot of racing. Um, it, it's economics, too. I mean, these drivers aren't making the money they made, too. I mean, these guys like Matt that have been around you know, their salaries exceed. And it's like what you were getting into earlier with these contracts with when they're making, you know, 2% of what they take in. Whereas when Dale senior was around, you know, he was getting 75% of what he was selling. It's completely, it, the whole market has changed in, in that respect. And the driver's salaries are definitely decreasing. I know for a fact. So, I mean, so somebody that's making a lot of money, I mean, you can move somebody in with that's younger, that's willing. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. Uh, look at last weekend, all the young guys that were battling for the lead at the end. I mean, and that's, you know, what you're seeing. Yeah, but you only see it on a restrictor play track where it's a complete toss-up anyway. It's not like these guys are, are going to Michigan and you get the – eight different names that you don't usually see in the top 20 all finish in the top 10 like you do at Daytona, but we'll see. No, but you, but you'll slowly see them. I mean, these young drivers are really good. They're very talented and they're fearless. Oh, absolutely. And, they're, you know, when they go through like what Dale Earnhardt's gone through, I mean, I know you guys touched on Danica. I mean, Danica is a great driver and, you know, no matter how hard a time you want to give her, she's had a lot of bad luck. She's gotten caught up in a lot of wrecks this year that weren't her fault. And uh, she's taken a couple really bad shots. Oh, I know. And she's bounced back. And, you know, I mean, and that's the, the youth. I mean, these young kids, you know, they're willing to take that risk right now because the risk is, is the reward, you know, to win. And you're going to slowly see them getting a lot more wins because there's a lot more youth coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we got about two minutes left here. Uh, so real quick, who's your pick for the F one race? I'm going to go with Vettel. He's got, he's going to have to do it this weekend. Uh, I just think that he's got to do it this weekend. If he wants to try to deflate Hamilton at all for the championship. All right, I'll go with Botas just to be different. And uh, 
you know, if for all the loyal listeners of this show, a couple weeks ago I said that you had uh, some fantastic musical taste. Who'd you see in concert recently, Eddie? Oh, um, a couple nights ago I had the privilege of seeing Metallica, uh, and it's been, what, probably 30 years, I think I saw them, 30 years ago, and they were absolutely uh, on this world tour. They were unbelievable. Um, James Hatfield, they they just put on an unbelievable show. I, I couldn't believe his voice, you know, a lot of these groups are getting together and, uh, you know, they're just going through the motions, but this was really a show you should see if you like them. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's tons of bands and we talked about it off the air, uh, Motley Crue that, you know, do these tours and it's basically a blatant money grab. And then you got bands like Metallica and, and Iron Maiden that are out there giving it their all and still kicking tail and taking names and, that's fantastic. That's Next time fantastic. We, you're going to have to go with me one of these times. Hey, absolutely. You know, Alice Cooper, anything, man, sign me up. So what's the latest on Racing Nation real quick here, uh, Eddie? We're going to be posting a couple stories over the weekend here um, with upcoming events that I'll be at. And then right now we have a uh, racing uh uh, Jack Webster's got a, a photo album from Watkins Glen last weekend, which was unbelievable. For, that was his 46th year of attending Watkins Glen. That's quite a record. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Make sure you take the time to go check Racing Nation to to look at those pictures because they are he's he's just incredible. It's like, and everybody thinks when you get older you get you can't do that job and. I, I tell you, I put them up against anyone in the world. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com, thank you for joining the show, Eddie. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll yep. talk next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. You too, Eddie. Thank you. Eddie Lapine on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When you're ready to get into or back into the housing market, look no further than Great Midwest Bank. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com to take the next step towards your New home from Eddie Lapine. We're next coming up. We're going to talk to Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com about the IndyCar series that's coming up here on the Final Inspection Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, filling in for Steve Zaki, who's down at Miller's at Milwaukee Vintage IndyCar event taking place at the Milwaukee Mile right now. Get down there and check it out. We're brought uh, shows brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Great racing all weekend long. Check them out for sure. And by David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people, located 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale or online at David Hobbs Honda or David Hobbs.com. 
davidhobbs.com. Joining me now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from NBCSports.com, Tony DeZeno. Tony, how you doing? What's happening, Jeff? It is good to good to catch up with you. Nothing against the Z-Man, but uh, he and I spend a little too much time together when uh, when we're in studio or uh, after, especially at up at uh, Elkhart a couple weeks ago. So it's uh, it's good to catch up. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks as always for for having me on. Yeah, I was sitting there following your Twitter this morning, and uh, uh, you're talking about not traveling out to uh, to the IndyCar race in in Iowa. And but you definitely made it clear that it was not a relaxing weekend because you know obviously with the racing going on worldwide this weekend uh, you're still uh, a very busy man. Yeah, this is a this is a crazy weekend. You know, we think about marquee events. You know, when Elkhart Lake comes to town, the Indy 500, Monaco Grand Prix. Um, but a weekend in July, you're not really thinking there's that much going on. Well, basically every series on earth decided to have something this weekend. You know, NASCAR's got its doubleheader in Kentucky um, happening as we speak right now. Uh, IndyCar's in Iowa, where ordinarily I'd be. But uh, having just got home from a trip in, uh, to Italy actually yesterday, and I was like, well, figure jet lag and coffee and TV works better here. Formula One's in Austria for the Grand Prix. There's a global rally cross race in Indianapolis and there's sports cars in Canada. So instead of trying to diversify myself and be in, you know, five or six places at once, I was like, you know what, I'll, we'll play a home weekend. And, and that's one of the challenges sometimes when you do cover a lot of series is you have to pick and choose where, where it makes sense to be in. You know, fortunately, since so much stuff is available online and on TV, you can, you can do most of it from home on, on certain weekends. Yeah, absolutely, and this is a weekend you get to get all your all your work done, and you don't even have to put pants on, so that's a win-win as well. I am wearing sweatpants, so I know Robin Miller was on last week, and you know I try to follow his lead as, as best as possible sometimes, so I can confirm that. <laughs> a smart idea. So uh, the Verizon IndyCar Series takes on Iowa. What uh, What's the latest coming out of Iowa so far? So Iowa is one of the more challenging events on the schedule for the IndyCar Series. It's the shortest track on the schedule. It's less than a mile, about eight, uh, eight, nine-tenths. The Chevrolets are usually a lot better because they have a better aero kit, so they punch holes through the air better than the Hondas do. And in the first practice session this morning, the Team Penske, uh, three of their four cars were, were top three overall. So it was Joseph Newgarden led Will Power and Simon Pagano. That's an interesting to note because this team – in 10 years has never actually won at Iowa and it's the only track on the schedule where they haven't won yet. Uh, so they're doing that. Uh, then there was also a crash in practice where J.R. Hildebrand, who's in the car that Joseph Newgarden won with this race last year, backed into the wall in turn two. He had some significant rear end damage to the car. He was held in the medical center for a little longer than normal just to go through some tests, but he's good to go. Uh, they'll have qualifying here at the top of the hour. And with it being a 300-lap race, it's one of the most physical and intense events on the schedule. And coming from Road America, which is the shortest uh, race in terms of lap distance, it's only 55 laps, it's a big change for these drivers because, you know, you got to fight off the fatigue and getting busy from, you know, going around in circles so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's always entertaining. And uh, was Texas the last oval that they ran on? Mm-hmm. And we yeah, saw what yeah. uh, what that race turned out to be. What was there? Six cars running at the end of that one. Oh, it was it was nuts, Jeff. I mean, I think there were only six cars that were on the lead lap, and, and nine finished in total. 
uh, and a 22 car started. Usually you only have between three to four retirements per race. This one had 13 and another, you know, two or three others that were caught up in incidents. So I was not necessarily the highest of attrition rates, but you always do have, you, you kind of always have to bank for two or three cautions there, a couple accidents. Um, this is actually a really important race in the championship two years ago where uh, Juan Montoya crashed out early and Scott Dixon had mechanical problems, but Dixon's team was able to get him back out there, which got him one more point, and he eventually won the championship on a tie break uh, by having one more win, and that one point made all the difference. So it's an important race on the schedule because – it's one of the last known quantities of ovals. You know, you've got this one, you've got Pocono, which is a 500 mile or a little later. And then they have Gateway in St. Louis, which will have a, a repaved track and a test day, which hasn't been on the schedule in 15 years. So this is kind of a known quantity to, for guys to, to figure out where they're at. Yeah, I know that we're, uh, we don't have qualifying until, what, about an, another hour or so? Yeah, within, it's within the next hour, so it's coming up pretty quick. All right, who uh, who's your pick to uh, to click at Iowa? Uh, to win the race, I think Joseph Newgarden will, will break through. He uh, he's won this race last year, pretty dominant fashion. Uh, he's like I said with Penske, he's not won at this track before, but they've got a good setup and they've got to get they've got the better package. Um, for qualifying later, I was just looking at the the qualifying sheet. The only problem with where he's at is he's qualifying early. Him, Pagano, and Scott Dixon are all qualifying in the top three spots. And what that means is the track isn't rubbered up as much, so it's not an ideal time. Usually the track gets faster the later you go. And Will Power actually qualifies last uh, in the order. So that makes him a really good candidate to be on the pole for for later this afternoon. Um, it's not a, it's not exactly an ideal time to qualify though because the race runs several hours later. It runs at, I think five Eastern on Sunday. So the the next practice session that happens later tonight will be closer to race conditions, and that'll prove who's got a car and in good in good race setup. So it's really a track that you need to kind of keep your wits about you because things happen so fast. Seventeen seconds. 185 miles an hour it's pretty it's pretty ludicrous speed on on such a short track yeah that's awesome that's awesome so what's the uh what's the latest at nbcsports.com tony um well, as, as noted trying to keep up with everything this weekend there's always a number of features that come out of that so all the indycar stuff from iowa we also have the formula one race from uh from austria this weekend there's a big you know kind of hamilton versus vettel fallout uh that they had a major coming together at the last race in Azerbaijan two weeks ago, they tried to put water under the bridge, move on. You know, it's pulling their best Mark McGuire act where they say, hey, we're not here to talk about the past, but inevitably the past comes up. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so just trying to follow as much of those and then all the, the various follows from, from this weekend and then both series race again next weekend as well. Uh, IndyCar goes to Toronto and Formula One goes to Silverstone for the, the British Grand Prix, one of the, the highlight events of the season. Uh, so there's there's plenty to come out of both of those uh, both those weeks. Yeah, you know you're in the good part of the summer when the racing is just all over the world and just you got to love it. You got to love it. Oh, absolutely. It's just, and it's so, there's so much coming that, you know, and again, as NASCAR heads towards the playoffs too, there's, you know, there's all the prep work there as well as we look for the, the final couple of, uh, final couple winners before the end of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tony, thank you. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your weekend following all the races worldwide at home. 
And everybody, make sure you check out Tony DeZeno's work at NBCSports.com. Appreciate the time, Tony. Thanks, Jeff. Good to catch up, man. All the best. You too. Have a great one. There's Tony DeZeno. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When you're ready to get into or back into the housing market, look no further than Great Midwest Bank. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com to take the next step towards your new home. When we come back on the final inspection show, we're going to be hearing from Dale Earnhardt Jr. press conference that he had at Kentucky Speedway not long ago. You're listening to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Jeff Orlowski here. We only got a couple minutes remaining, so let's get down to Kentucky and hear from Dale Jr. Uh, Mark Carroll, PRN. Uh, Jr., as you move into this last half of your, you know, last full-time season here, what what's the balance? Like, you want to enjoy it, you want to let it all sink in, but you also have the pressure of trying to win and make the playoffs. How do you balance all that out? Well, I mean... <clears throat> You, you don't balance it very well. Um, you know, I just spent um, what, three hours three hours practicing today. Never once thought about my retirement or this being my last year. I was thinking about how in the hell to get that car to go a little faster. Um, it's, nothing's came easy today. but uh, And so on days like today, um, you, I, you could tell me I had five more years of this and I, you know, wouldn't know any de- wouldn't know any better. It uh, it feels just like any other race, any other practice. But because um, you get in there and you get competitive, you want the best out of your car. You want to win. You want an opportunity to win, and that's all that really matters. And that's all we're trying to work for um, in those moments. Um, and uh, then you get out of the car and you go. <clears throat> you know, you kind of have to check yourself a little bit and get, calm yourself down a little bit and. Um, you know, you got to work and uh, tune the car with your crew chief and give him the opportunity to understand what the car needs. And so it's um, it's it's business as usual, to be honest, at uh, at the racetrack. <clears throat> um, I think that during the week, things aren't quite as um, tense or um, there's there's a little more ease of mind. Uh, knowing there's a there's a definite end point, but uh, so during the week, I think I'm a little more relaxed and able to uh, not stay so wound up like I used to be. But man, you get to the racetrack and you can't help it. <clears throat> I told myself when I was out of the car last year, I had this real realization of oh, man, I just need to enjoy this. Why am I putting this? You know, why am I putting so much pressure on myself and uh, why do I make this so miserable, you know, when I'm supposed to really love what I'm doing? And I do. But I would, I mean, you'd get so miserable trying to achieve greatness and, and be the best. And boy, does it get harder every year. So uh, I told myself when I had that little time out of the car that I was going to come back and I was just going to enjoy it and I was going to be this great guy and 
so much fun to be around and not so hard on everybody and but you can't help it. You get I'm already mid mid season. I'm I'm back to mid season form with my attitude. <laughs> and uh you can't help it, you know, when you want you want to you want to do well. And I want to do as well this weekend as I did this, you know, at this track 6 years ago. It's no more no less. Um you know, you if you're going to come here and do the work and put it all put all that effort in there, you might as well try your best and and you end up getting real competitive about it just like you 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 always have been but yeah when practice ends I kind of calm down and say man I got to be cool and you know try to help my guys and help Greg Uh, well thank you Dale we're running out of time here on the final inspection show want to thank our guest Steve Zaki for joining his own show this week Uh, also thank you to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com, and, of course, Dennis Michelson, Laurie Monroe from Race Talk Radio. I'm Jeff Orlowski saying thank you for tuning in to the Final Inspection Show. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, just search TFI, the Final Inspection Show, and you will find us great content on there, as always. Also, Thank you to our sponsors, the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda, dealer for the people, located at 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale or visit them online at davidhobbs.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week on the Final Inspection Show here on 105.7 FM. The fa- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.